Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of They Walk Among Us a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This is part one of a two-part story. Listener caution is advised as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. Smoke was billowing out of an Edwardian end-of-terrace property on the intersection of Pulborough Road and Wimbledon Park Road in Southfields, London. Neighbours became concerned when the plumes of smoke grew so dense a heavy fog covered the street. As the fire intensified, a strong odour in the air worsened, and a passerby taking her son home from school was struck by the smell. A young boy shouted, If you're having a barbecue, are we allowed to come? His mother told him that it couldn't possibly be a barbecue. Like many large houses in London, the property had been converted into a number of flats. Only the day before, a neighbour who lived upstairs from those responsible for the fire had contacted the landlord, believing an unpleasant odour from the flat below was a gas leak. Seeing the towering flames through the fence posts and assuming the fire was coming from a bonfire that was out of control, Another neighbour notified the fire service. Firemen arrived at the property on the evening of September 20, 2017 to try and extinguish the blaze. Once the smoke had cleared and the flames had died down, a fireman soon realised there was a mass on top of the bonfire. As he focused, he realised he was looking at human body parts. Awisem Maduni, the man who had set the bonfire, had been cooking chicken on a nearby barbecue in the garden as the fire raged on beside him. 
He told the fireman the mass on top of the bonfire was the carcass of a sheep he had purchased at Wimbledon Market. The police were called and Awisem Maduni was arrested and taken to the station. When his 34-year-old partner Sabrina Cuidere arrived home, her flat was now an active crime scene so she was questioned at a neighbouring property. One of the officers wore a body cam and filmed the conversation. Sabrina was asked if the family had a nanny or an au pair living with them. Oddly at first she couldn't remember their name but then told the officer that the young woman who lived with the family had now left the country. Upon hearing the news that human remains were found on a bonfire in his neighbour's garden, Mario Rico was in shock and told reporters, it's a good area, we are busy people around here, it's not often something like this happens. The press speculated that the victim may have been a nanny who worked at the address. A police forensic tent covers the area in the garden where the nanny's body was found. It's understood the remains were so badly burnt it was impossible to establish the age or gender. There was smoke uh, in, in the back garden and that's, that's what uh, brought the attention to everybody. Apparently the fire brigade arrived first and then it was only after that that the police arrived. Wiesem Maduni and Sabrina Quidere were remanded in custody until a pre-trial hearing at the Old Bailey a few days later. Brought before District Judge James Henderson, the pair wore grey tracksuits. Wiesem looked calm, but Sabrina was on the verge of tears, gasping for breath as an appropriate adult stood next to her. The judge received her mental health report before stating both defendants are charged with murder. After the judge's comments, Sabrina began shaking her head and smiled before the pair were led to their cells. The press focused heavily on Sabrina Quidere, who was understood that she was a stylist, makeup artist, fashion designer and songwriter and had previously been in a relationship with Mark Walton, the founding member of pop band Boyzone. Little information was provided concerning Awisem Maduni, with many news outlets unsure of the connection between him and Sabrina. It was announced that the Metropolitan Police's Homicide and Major Crime Command were to lead the investigation and Detective Inspector Richard Leonard spoke to the press. He said early indications are that attempts were made to dispose of the body. I would like to appeal to those in and around the area to come forward with information. You may well have seen or heard something suspicious in the last few days which could assist our investigations. During a preliminary hearing at the end of September 2017, both the Wiesem Maduni and Sabrina Quidere appeared via video link from prison before the Old Bailey in London. Both of the accused were born in Algeria but had spent most of their lives in France before moving to the UK in the mid to late 2000s. Through a French interpreter, they confirmed their names and on a number of occasions through streams of tears, Sabrina shouted, I haven't done anything. The pair were charged with the murder of a person unknown on or before September 20th. Firefighters at first thought the body was that of a child because it was so small and frail. Both Awisem Maduni and Sabrina Quidere were remanded in custody until the trial due to take place in March of the following year. A post-mortem was undertaken, however a cause of death could not be determined due to the condition of the body. 
It wasn't until the following month on October 3rd, 2017, that the body was identified as that of 21-year-old Sophie Lyonnais, an au pair originally from Troyes, a town in northeastern France. Au pair is a French term that means equal to or on equal terms. Rather than a nanny who would work for a salary, usually over a full working week or longer, an au pair is someone who is usually younger, often in their late teens to mid-twenties, that would come from a foreign country to gain experience and learn a language while living with a host family. The au pair process should be seen as a cultural exchange in which the au pair becomes part of the family. They are not an employee, but would expect to receive anywhere between 50 to 100 pounds each week, an amount sometimes referred to as their pocket money. The au pair could be asked to complete light cleaning duties around the home, acting as an extra pair of hands when needed. Sophie Lyonnais had been living with Awisem Maduni and Sabrina Quidera around a year and a half, and had been described by a neighbour as a very polite, pleasant girl who looked about 13, but was actually in her early 20s. A vigil was held for Sophie on October 8, 2017 in Wimbledon. Sophie's aunt and cousin were in attendance. Understandably, they looked devastated. The coming together was to celebrate the life of Sophie Lee and A and highlight that au pairs are often exploited in the workforce. Some of the crowd held up printed sheets of A4, which simply said shocked, justice, an au pair, not a slave. A fellow au pair and friend at the vigil described the stability Sophie provided for the children she looked after and how hard it would be on them now she was gone. She said, we just feel absolutely heartbroken for those boys. They have been through so much in life. She was their rock. In this audio clip of a home movie, Sophie is seen playing a computer game with one of the boys she cared for. She is smiling and waving to the camera. Um, this is the person who is doing the video with me. And this is me who makes the videos. And does the Sophie Leonay enjoyed art, cinema, ice skating, and often posted motivational comments on her social media accounts. In one of her final posts, she said, I may be a fighter, but my lucky star is soaring. On January 12, 2018, the Old Bailey, though Wissem Maduni and Sabrina Quidere blamed each other for the murder of Sophie Lyonnais, they were both now pleading guilty to perverting the course of justice by way of preventing a lawful burial of her body. CCTV footage highlighted the pair going about their business in the early afternoon on the day Sophie's body was found. It showed a Wissem going into a local co-op at 1.42pm, purchasing a pizza and a bag of cleaning products. Sabrina was seen running errands. Catherine Devalone, Sophie's mother, spoke to the French press before the trial and explained that she would be watching Sabrina Quidere in the courtroom. Here's a translation of that interview. I will be watching her every move, staring right in her eyes to see how she reacts in front of me. Because if she harmed my daughter, she harmed my family at the same time.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The trial began at the Old Bailey in London on March 19th, 2018, and Judge Nicholas Hilliard QC oversaw the proceedings. Sophie Leonay's family and their lawyer arrived at court but chose not to speak to the UK press. Wissem Maduni and Sabrina Quidair were charged with the murder of Sophie Leonay. The couple were alleged to have starved, beaten and attempted to drown Sophie so she would confess to a bizarre conspiracy plot. Sabrina Quidair believed Sophie had been scheming with Mark Walton, Sabrina's ex-boyfriend, in a plan to drug and sexually abuse the family. Once Sophie had been murdered, they tried to dispose of her body on a bonfire. A witness in the house who could not be identified for legal reasons had placed both the wee Sam and Sabrina in the bathroom with Sophie on the suspected night of her death. The witness described hearing screaming and splashing in the bath, along with voices saying, breathe, breathe. During the first day of the trial, Richard Horwell QC, working on behalf of the prosecution, told the court... Sophie was trapped in a domestic nightmare 
and that her body showed signs of significant violence with fractures to her sternum, to four of her ribs and her jawbone. He said Sophie was not only young, but also, we suggest, naive and particularly vulnerable, and this made her an easy target for abuse and exploitation. Over eight hours of recordings were found on Sabrina Quidez's mobile phone. The recordings were described as harrowing, and Richard Horwell explained that they contained the image of a young, emaciated, frightened and helpless woman. On the second day of the trial, prosecutor Richard Horwell addressed the jury. He told them that Awisem Maduni and Sabrina Quidere interrogated Sophie Leone. They were both convinced that she had conspired with Sabrina's ex-boyfriend Mark Walton and an accomplice to drug them with heroin and sexually abuse them so Mark Walton could win custody of one of the children. Through pressure and relentless intimidation, the pair managed to force Sophie to admit to something they believe she had done. In the recordings, Sophie's responses are barely audible, and Sabrina Quidere accused Sophie of being a paedophile, a spy, and also helping the devil. She screamed in broken English, You destroy everything. I was trying to find myself again. I pray to God not to make me touch you. I don't want to make my hands dirty. Though she had accused Sophie of being a paedophile on multiple occasions, she bizarrely continued to allow her au pair to stay in the same room as her children. The couple also accused Sophie of planning to take semen from a Wiesem when he was asleep to frame him for some future crime. The prosecutor told the jury that the last days and hours of Sophie's life must have been truly wretched. He said she was subjected at times to a brutal and oppressive inquisition and to significant violence. The defendants burnt her body in the garden of their home in the hope that no one would ever discover her remains. Their plan was to dispose of Sophie's body and to explain her disappearance by inventing a story that she had left their employment under something of a cloud. But their wicked plan was frustrated by the combination of a neighbour and inquisitive firefighters. The jury was played audio of the interrogations. Sophie was shouted at in French and English, with Awisem Maduni trying to tell his captive to tell the truth, stressing that if she didn't, she wouldn't be allowed home. Though she barely spoke in the recordings, Sophie managed to tell the couple she was scared. Sophie's mother had purchased a ticket for a daughter to return home to Troyes, but a ticket was never found in her belongings. Later in the proceedings, a recording was played to the court of Sabrina Quidere chastising Sophie for not believing her when she said she knew Donald Trump. Sabrina also demanded to know of an address where Sophie was said to have been to meet Mark Walton. Sabrina said, Where is the house? Look at me, Sophie. You have done enough damage already. In the harrowing exchange, Sabrina addressed Sophie and said, if you had told me, I would have protected you and would have eaten him raw in front of you. In another exchange, Awisem Maduni told Sophie that she was like those French who gave up Jews to the Nazis. After hours of torture, Sophie finally confessed to something she didn't do. Richard Horwell QC suggested a motive for the killing was punishment and revenge and told the jury that Sophie's final confession was anything but voluntary. 
a firefighter that attended the scene on September 20, 2017, addressed the court. Thomas Hunt explained that as he approached the bonfire, he immediately realized there was a body in the ashes. He noticed blackened legs, fingers, a nose, clothing, and items of jewelry. He said, when I recognized it was a body, I was concerned for my crew's safety, so held it to myself what seemed like 20 seconds because I did not know if I'd challenge the occupant what might happen next. I turned to the occupant and asked, what are you burning, a body? He said, it's a sheep. Thomas Hunt was asked how Wiesem Maduni responded to his question. He replied, very calm. When I challenged him, he shrugged off the accusation. When he sat down, there was a look of resignation on him, like the game's up of being caught. Police were notified at 6.26pm on September 20th and arrived around five minutes later. Wiesem was trying to burn Sophie's body with caustic acid and even threw pieces of cooked chicken on top of her remains in an attempt to disguise the scene. Stephen Brown, a friend of both Sabrina Quidair and Awisem Maduni, also addressed the court. He said that when he would visit their home, Sabrina would scream at Sophie in French. He described Sabrina as abusive and aggressive and said it was horrible. Sophie was afraid. Despite it being the height of summer, he said Sophie always wore a jumper which completely covered her neck and arms. He told the court that on one occasion he took around a shepherd's pie as Sophie looked hungry and confronted his friend about her behaviour towards the au pair. Sabrina simply said Sophie was lazy and didn't do enough cooking. The following week on March 26th, the troll heard from Mark Walton, Sabrina Quidair's ex-boyfriend. The former pop musician had appeared as a judge on Vietnam's pop idol, and although he could not be compelled to give evidence, he travelled from his home in Los Angeles after he agreed to be a witness at the trial. Despite the breakup of his two-year relationship with Sabrina, Mark Walton had supported her financially for a number of years after the split, paying her rent and childcare for her son. He said of the relationship, It was turbulent, probably the most turbulent relationship I have ever been in. She would go from a softly spoken French accent and then she would flip, get very angry, very loud and just not care where we were. She would just go crazy over something trivial. He said while in the relationship he paid for a number of nannies, however Sabrina would fire them, accusing each of them of stealing or paying too much attention to her then boyfriend. The prosecutor addressed Mark Walton and said we have heard that your name was referred to by Sabrina Quidair before and after her arrest. Have you ever heard of Sophie Leone? He replied, never, ever. Richard Horwell QC asked, have you ever talked to her? Mark Walton replied, never. Have you ever communicated with her in any way? Mark Walton said, no way, never. The witness was asked if he had ever been party to a plot to drug someone and while they were unconscious sexually assault them. Mark Walton replied, absolutely not. The witness informed the court that the last time he was in the UK was October 2015 and he had never even heard of Sophie Leone before detectives contacted him concerning her murder on September 21st, 2017. 
He gave police access to his phone, social media accounts and email to prove that he had never met her. In his own words, he later said he woke up to the biggest nightmare ever. Later that week, the court heard from one of the neighbours of Awisem and Sabrina. While giving evidence, Nicole Vatavimlakul told the court that on one occasion she had to restrain Sabrina from physically attacking the au pair. She said just as she was about to kick her, I stopped her. She grabbed a chair and I had to take the chair from her before she did any damage. During August 2017, their neighbour made attempts to shield Sophie from the attacks by trying to take her back to France. However, Sabrina Quidere appeared on her doorstep, barged into her home and demanded that Sophie return next door. The witness said she was screaming like a madwoman. Sabrina stormed into my house. She pushed the door open and shouted at Sophie in French and told her to get her stuff and get out of my house. Under cross-examination, the defence counsel asked if the witness ever saw any marks or bruises on Sophie Lyonnais. She replied, no, Sophie always wore turtlenecks and long sleeves. The following week on April 3rd, the jury heard from Dr Charlotte Randall, a home office pathologist. Though she wasn't able to confirm a cause of death due to the body being severely burnt, it was identified that Sophie's ribs and breastbone had been fractured at least three days before her death. Other injuries included a possible cheekbone fracture, a broken jaw and blood was also found in her nostrils which indicated blunt force trauma caused by a blow or punch. The pathologist was cross-examined by Orlando Pownall QC who was acting on behalf of Awisem Maduni. He asked the pathologist, you cannot say what caused the bruises or the fractures beyond the assertion it was some form of blunt impact. The pathologist agreed that it could have been a fall or series of falls in the bathroom but also stressed it could have been a punch or blow from a heavy object. Ike Apart QC, who was acting on behalf of Sabrina Quidere, had earlier reminded the court of Awisem Maduni's initial statement in which he admitted to striking Sophie Lyonnais in the bathtub in what he called an accident. The barrister summarised the statement. Mr. Maduni says that he forced Sophie Lyonnais into a bath and started to interrogate her. He says he forced her head under water and held it there repeatedly. Mr. Maduni states he punched Miss Lyonnais in the face. Her head then went backwards and hit the tiles and, as a result, she slipped under the water and fell unconscious. He dragged her out of the bath and tried to resuscitate her, but was unsuccessful. We said Maduni had first made the statement, but had since changed his story, telling officers that he only made it to protect Sabrina Quidere. In his revised statement, he explained that after being woken up by his partner, she told him that Sophie had stopped breathing. He got up and found the au pair unresponsive in the bath. In mid-April 2018, Oisem Maduni took to the stand. He denied that he had made plans to murder Sophie Lyonnais and stressed that he certainly did not kill her. He was asked by his defence counsel, did you cause her body to be burned in a fire in the garden at the back of Wimbledon Park Road? He replied, yes. The witness explained that Sabrina Quidere suffered from excessive mood swings and he confirmed that she was the dominant partner in their relationship. 
Wissem Maduni said, In the last years, every morning she would wake up screaming for nothing. If she had a dream about me being with another woman, she said it was going to happen and make up a story in her mind about it. She said she had a gift for knowing what was going to happen. He told the court when Sabrina would assault Sophie, rather than try and stop her, he went off for a walk. The defendant also told the court of a violent incident which was said to involve both Sabrina Quidair and a friend of Mark Walton's, pop musician Duncan James, from the boy band Blue. Awisem explained that Sabrina Quidair's ex-landlord complained to police after he was threatened by Sabrina and a male accomplice who was armed with a crowbar. Sabrina had told her partner that the man she was with was Duncan James. The court would later hear a written statement from Duncan James. It said, I can categorically state I met Sabrina only once together with Mark Walton in 2012. I was never involved in any incident with a crowbar. Over the following days in the witness box, Awisem Maduni told the court that he was shocked when he found Sophie Leonay in the bath. In his version of events, he was woken by Sabrina in the early hours. His partner apparently said, What have I done? What have I done? As he made his way to the bathroom, he saw Sophie's lifeless body had been submerged in the bathwater. Awisem said he made attempts to resuscitate her for over an hour, but rather than contact the authorities, the pair decided to place Sophie Leonay's body in a suitcase. Two days later, they decided to burn her body. Awisem Maduni said it was his partner's idea and he objected at first, telling Sabrina she was crazy. However, they both still went through with the callous act. When prompted by his barrister, he told the courtroom how he felt about Sabrina. She destroyed my life. I have my part as well. I could have stopped her. I could have done things and Sophie would have been alive. The witness was questioned further by the prosecution and asked if he thought that Sabrina Quidair was delusional, given she claimed to know the President of the United States of America. He responded, I would say that she knew people, but not as famous. A Awisem was asked how he felt about setting fire to the body of another human being. He responded that he didn't want to do it, as it was horrible and disgusting, but Sabrina Quidair asked him to do it. This is the end of episode 4. To hear more on the outcome of the court case and information on those involved, please tune in next time. Thank you for listening and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information, please visit theywalkamonguspodcast.com. To help support They Walk Among Us, please consider donating at patreon.com forward slash theywalkamonguS, where you'll receive early access to ad-free episodes for just $3 a month. If you enjoyed the show, please also consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast provider. You can follow us on Twitter at TWAU underscore podcast or follow us on Instagram and Facebook under They Walk Among Us podcast.
Over 40 years, Hooker Chemical Corporation dumped over 80 toxic substances at Love Canal. There is substantial medical opinion that continued use of the Dalcon Shield may pose a serious personal health hazard. Oh, I hate all of you! I hate you! He's accused of orchestrating the largest lotto scam ever. In opening arguments, prosecutor Jerry Miller portrayed Baker as a greedy, money-hungry showman who practiced fraud disguised as religion. Martin Shkreli has become the most hated man in America. My kid's not here! He's dead! Because of him! He ruined my life! Swindled is a podcast that uses narrative storytelling, archival audio, and immersive soundscapes to explore true cases of white-collar crime and corporate greed. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you may get your podcasts. For more information about the show, visit our website at swindledpodcasts.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.